so I reiterate here, the bill is dead. The story of this great city is about the years before this night. And if you don't care about Easter, happy Tomb Sweeping Day. And if you don't care about Tomb Sweeping Day, I don't know what's up. I don't know what you're into, but I hope it's happy. This is Ho Ho Hong Kong. I am Andy Curtin, and I am coming at you solo right now. Why is that? How has this happened? What has happened to Vivek McDonald's? Um, So long story short, uh, we had an amazing interview scheduled for this week and unfortunately the uh the guest had uh, a death in his family and just had to pull out last minute and we just couldn't finagle ourselves to uh to get another interview lined up in my defense look i'm not gonna sit here and tell you a sob story but in my defense uh my son was in hospital uh with pneumonia from monday to thursday and then quite sick after that so my week was just you know it's one of those weeks where i just was basically in the washing machine um so that's the excuse. But what am I doing to fix this problem? Uh, I had some, if, if you didn't know already, I used to run a podcast when I was living in Shanghai called Stuck in the Middle. And uh, there's some great stuff in there. So I actually, I went back into the vault and found an interview that I did with Muhammad. It was one of the first interviews I've ever done. I mean, I've done hundreds and hundreds of podcasts. This was maybe the sixth or seventh I'd ever done. I didn't really know Muhammad that well at that point. And his backstory, the reason he's in China is absolutely phenomenal. You know, fleeing the uh, political strife in, uh, in Egypt, it's, it's such a crazy story. So check it out. Uh, but before we get into it, hit that subscribe button. If you haven't already subscribed, hit it. It's, uh, it's the best way to get the next episodes uh, straight into your phone or wherever else. Also, and you already know it, but every Thursday we do bonus episodes on Patreon and they're great. They're amazing. So check out patreon.com slash hohopod. Oh, and one more thing while I'm going to mention it. So basically shows are back on in Hong Kong. Uh, Muhammad and I have launched a comedy brand called uh, Backstage Comedy and we've got tons of amazing shows coming up, including I will be headlining on the 15th of May at the Hub in Wan Chai. Vivek is going to be headlining uh, the 22nd of May. So check that out. If you want to get tickets, you can go to ticketflap.com. They're all over that website and that's it. So let's get into that interview with Muhammad because it is a good one. Okay, we're sitting here in Ely Massage on Chung Lulu, dude. How you doing? Good, good. How are you? Dude, this place is great. Yeah, it's my first time here. You come here often? Uh, I get, I've, been, I've been here before. All right. <laughs> Let's put it this way. Okay. Do you get? Do they have massages in Egypt? Well, uh, it's it's a very like fancy thing. Like it's not really like you know here. Like, so do you get massages in Egypt? No, never, never <laughs> got one. Not, not, not paid ones. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> how, how long have you been in China for? Uh, three and a half years now. I came in February 2012. Really? I didn't realize you'd been here that long. How long? We didn't, I didn't meet you for like, oh, because you weren't in yeah, Shanghai, in right? Changchun. So you went, you went from Cairo to... Yeah, I went to Cairo, from Cairo to Dubai for a while. I stayed there for like a short time. By the way, if like we sound a- really awkward right now, it's because we're both getting jabbed in the face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's really strong, by the way. 
yeah. see that's something i like about here like see this is not like this is a very professional thing like not sexual at all if i try to explain this to my friends at home it's like i'm just sitting chatting with my friend while getting massaged by a girl and everyone will be like wow it's a little crazy. sexual <laughs> uh, okay. i don't know i don't feel anything <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah me neither <laughs> <laughs> yeah i can't see anything either so moving on so you went you, you went to, what, what is the name of the place you went to chang uh changchun it's like the capital of jilin province how the hell did you end up there uh you know i i just wanted to leave egypt for a while because it was getting a bit too much like it was getting hectic and then i'm like so you know what's up and then the one of one of my friends he said oh there are those jobs like they want people to teach english and did uh, they, they can't afford native english speakers so they just get people who speak good english from other countries and i said where are these places he said well now there is ukraine and there is china which one do you pick i, I said uh-huh. that's amazing yeah and i was like you're well, like i need to get out of cairo because it's a little <laughs> hectic maybe i should go to ukraine <laughs> yeah when it's like there's like nothing going on at the time there was nothing actually yeah, it was it was still yeah there is now yeah exactly so i was like well actually i didn't care that much to be fair like it wasn't even like i came i i looked at both offers because it was from the same like one of those sketchy agencies and i, w- I said well i'm not gonna go like get like kidnapped or whatever well may- maybe i might but yet um, <laughs> yeah so I just looked at it like the, the offer from China was better because it was more money and it was teaching adults. And I can't deal with children at all. So I'm like, okay, I'll just take the offer from China. Why do you speak such good English? Actually, I, I don't know. If, like, Okay, so I went to a, like uh, something called an experimental school. It's like a language school. It's a public school, but uh, it has this program where we study, like we study Arabic and English pretty much at the same level. So all the all my life, the sciences like math, biology, chemistry, physics were always in English. And it's funny because until now, I'm 25 and I can't do math in Arabic because I never learned it. That's amazing. Yeah. So, um. yeah. So, and then from middle school, we also study French or like a third language, which is normally French. And so you speak French as well? I do speak French, yeah. Anything else you want to throw in there? No. You know how bad my Chinese is, so that's the... It's okay, but like, but your, but Arabic is kind of because you have a joke about how Egyptian's not a language. Yeah, and then my buddy Mitch, who's like a language nut, is like, actually, it is. No, it's not. Well, he he's. Uh, I mean, I, well, I, I think he's talking about like Egyptian dialect, probably because the Arabic. Yeah, like in his defense, yes. If you are in the Middle East and people be like, oh, you're speaking Egyptian, if you're talking to someone from Lebanon. But we all are speaking the language that is Arabic. It's just the dialect has different names because it depends on the region. How similar are they? They are... uh, Okay, so Morocco, Algeria, and Tunisia, no one understands them. Do you... You don't understand them? I understand them a bit because I speak French. They have this, like, fucked up mix of Arabic, French, uh, Amazigh, which is like a... Sahara, sub-Saharan language. They just mix all together. And not, not anyone understand them. The thing is, everyone in the Middle East understands the Egyptian dialect because... Because it's superior, right? It's not, <laughs> it's not exactly superior. It's just like our movies and our TV and whatever is the most uh, popular one in the Middle East. Oh, Egypt has its own, like, Hollywood? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Oh, I'm I'm obsessed with these now. Are they, <laughs> stu- like, like, are they like, handsome... James Dean style stars. Uh, they the are mostly belly dancers. 
That's amazing. Yeah. So what's it like living in Cairo? Like, just walk me around. It's an old city, right? Um, Traffic's bad. How, how tall are the buildings? Okay, so Cairo, actually, Tahrir Square, where, like, most of the activities during the trouble time was there. That was the greatest use of euf- euphemisms ever. <laughs> most of the activities yeah. during, the diffi- during the bad, bad time. <laughs> trouble times. During the slightly challenging period. Yep. Um, so most Tahrir Square Dude, is I'm act- getting my neck ripped off. <laughs> it's too. great. And I don't know if we sound like really weird. I, I want to listen to this again because it'd be like, anyway, so how much part of Cairo <laughs> did you live in? Yeah. So th- actually that pl- that place is like um, one of the, like, the financial hubs of the city, like where a lot of um, like uh, ministries and a lot of like big hotels and whatever. Tahrir Square, actually, a lot of people don't know that. Right by Tahrir Square, there is a huge Hilton hotel. It's it's really big. It's called Ramses Hilton. It's really expensive and it's right in the middle of Tahrir Square. So So Paris Hilton its family has, has just, just put their stamp in the middle of your beautiful ancient <laughs> city. Yeah, man. It sucks it really sucks because like I come from Giza, which is where the pyramids are. Pyramids of Giza. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. I, I watched the movie The Mummy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I was there too. So I, I, I like you kind of look a little bit like Brendan Fraser if I had God to. God damn it. You had to bring this up, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you get that a lot, do you? I do. I also get the the bad guy from uh, Drew's joke. Where a true lies. True lies. <laughs> no, you look way more like the bad guy from True Lies. <laughs> I looked him up. I, I keep forgetting his name, though. You see him every day in the, in the mirror, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now it's okay because my hair is like too long and it's tied up. So, but, yeah. so just like... I, I want to understand what it what does it look like. I know the traffic's like a big thing. Yeah, it's, it's a hectic city. Is it similar to China in ways? Or that's the thing. People, people, people. I think exaggerate when they like bash like China's traffic or whatever. Because if you really want to see bad traffic, you gotta go to Cairo. Oh, so you reckon Ka- the Shanghai's got nothing on Cairo? Oh no, 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 no. Shanghai is like Europe for comparison with Cairo. Wow. Because first of all, people here respect the traffic lights. Not all of them, but at least the cars. Let's let's agree on this one. Some traffic lights. Most of traffic lights in Shanghai, like the big the big you know intersections or whatever. S- traffic lights in Egypt are actually suggestions. They're not. They're, you don't exactly have to stop. You can just be okay. <laughs> cool story, bro. And you just move. On. <laughs> you just move on. <laughs> That's my. F- favorite muhammad expression <laughs> cool story bro yeah. i can see that red light but at the same time i gotta pick up my mother-in-law I mean, yeah that's funny yeah and is it it's a hectic place to walk around yeah uh, there are a couple of things that because there, there, there are lots know. of old buildings right and yeah, yeah. The, pyramid, are a lot of old the pyramids buildings. are at the edge of it of giza or yeah are at the edge of giza but at the same time they're building because the city is expanding massively so beyond the pyramids towards like alexandria like between Cairo and Alexandria, kind of. We call it the desert road between Cairo and Alexandria. And on that road, there are like huge new com- compounds of cities, pretty much like 6th of October is one of them. Another one called Sheikh Said. It's called like 6th of October. Yeah, 6th of October is the like our national uh, day of like the um, victory over uh, taking is- um, Sinai back. It's wow. the war with Israel, 1973. And it's you just named a city after a day. Of course, yeah. It's it's like the biggest day in in the history of modern Egypt. Interesting. Yeah, so it's the yeah it's the war, uh, with with Israel taking Sinai back. So they took it in 1967, took it back in 1973, and yeah. 
They didn't have a city for that second day, did they? Yeah. They did. No, for the second day, yeah. no. <laughs> we call it uh, Yomenaksa, which means like... I don't know how to translate that. In, it's like... Is it like that's Egyptian for... Ah, shit. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> damn it. Yeah, damn it. They it's, it's the Egyptian <laughs> for... Hey, that's ours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hey, hey, give that back. I was actually I was actually thinking, why don't... Like, you know how Chinese, sometimes they skip some... Like, one, two, three, because the number four sounds like death and they don't have it on elevators or whatever. Yeah. We should skip, like, that day is the 5th of June in Egypt. And maybe they should skip it in the Egyptian calendar. And just every year, the Egyptians will be one day ahead of the rest of the world. <laughs> exactly. One more day ahead of the rest of the world. It's brilliant, right? Um, <laughs> is is Cairo, is it a stressful place to live? Yeah, it's very stressful. First of all, you need to know, uh, going back to your question about like how is it life living there, um, it really depends on what you're doing, as in like wh- what's your family doing, like how well off you are and all this. Oh, that doesn't sound like every other city on earth. Uh, in Cairo, it's pretty m- more obvious. Really? Okay. Yeah. First of all, if you take the bus, as in like you can't afford, you don't have a car or you can't afford taxis or whatever. If you take the bus, this is one of the experiences that are really crazy because the buses don't stop literally. People, be, when I tell this, I told this a bunch of people, no one believed me because no one has been there. You don't, the buses don't exactly have bus stops. You just wave to the bus in the middle of the street. He slows down, you hop on. It's like that movie, Haskell High. I haven't watched that movie. Hey, if I start laughing at any point, it's because my feet are getting tickled. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for mine. I don't know what is, what is she up to. I hope she's not like... She's doing a bathroom. Yeah. She's going to report to the government that they're too far on it <laughs> using microphones. No, well, that's better than like, I hope she's not like disinfecting her, her hand. My my feet are hairy, but they're quite clean. That's great. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, the buses like this is actually something because imagine this like as I said like the buses you wait for them they just are slow they old down. buses? Yeah, most of them are old. Even the new ones with like air conditioner and everything. It's just like a very cultural thing that no one stops for buses. That's it. That's how it is. And on the other hand, if you want to get off the bus, it's the same. You just tell the, yell at the driver, tell him, hey, that's my stop. I want to get off here. And he slows down from 50 kilometers to 20 kilometers. You get off. And you know, if you're not an expert, you will get off and fall. Because you gotta, you got to jump with the direction of the bus. If you jump and stop. I don't know if you're joking anymore. I am not joking. I'm telling you something that is really w- serious. Maybe do- one day you'll take a bus on Cairo. I want to try. You, you, would have, you would listen to this. Dude, I will eat shit. I'll <laughs> jump in the wrong direction. I'll go under the wheel. <laughs> And that's it. People will get this recording. It's like, fucking Muhammad told them <laughs> to do this. Yeah, the guy said run in the direction of the bus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, if you jump and stop, you're also, go- like, obviously, physics laws. If you just jump and stop, you're how many How many bus depart- uh, bus disembarkation injuries are happened <laughs> every... Um, none. People are experts. Why, why don't they stop? Because no one gives a fuck. Just like this is this is because if he stops, he's gonna lose like two seconds, and people's time is obviously precious. So yeah, but aren't their legs precious as well? As I told you, people are experts on that. People have been taking this bus. They have been jumping off school buses when they were like ten. So (laughs) by the time they're forty and their government employees going to the work, they're experts. And so you were living there during the quote unquote, Mm. let's say, difficult period. Yeah. Was it was like because Mubarak was in control for 
for decades, right? Yeah, 30 years. So what what was your take on him for the previous two decades? Well, I was mostly young, you know, doing my own thing. You didn't, th- you didn't think about it? I didn't think about it that much. But actually, before these times, I, I, I used to think about it more because there, there, like, there was trouble going on in the country, as in, like, there, there were protests. People didn't do that before. And I was I was adult enough to know like ah oh, people don't like something there's something wrong with yeah. this guy you know what I mean yeah these guys are not happy about <laughs> yeah, it. I'm I'm not an expert here but yeah. they they look they look a little frustrated exactly they don't seem so happy with this guy I wonder why you know and then after this I started reading into it and I'm like oh, how okay. how old are you at this point twenty twenty one yeah twenty twenty one maybe and I started reading about it and I'm like oh okay so they're just a gang of thieves just like a family of thieves that was your conclusion that was my conclusion just like it's a whole big gang and it's connected to everything like uh, were people spreading that as a message online uh, no at the time that this is your personal conclusion yeah this is my p- personal conclusion like that is even before the difficult times is that just so you know muhammad made quotation marks in the air when he said that yeah true <laughs> and um yeah and i was like wow they're really connected as well there is no way People can fight against this, and that was the end of it. That was just that was my my conclusions. Like, okay, people are unhappy. Those guys are way too strong, and that's the end of it. I'll just move on with my life. Oh, wait a second. I I thought you were saying that the protesters were the gang of thieves. No, no, You're right. No, 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 no. Oh, I misunderstood you. No, I'm talking about the the people in power at the time are a gang right. of thieves. Okay. Yeah, and then I said they're way too strong for people to do anything. So and there was a sense of hopelessness. Exactly, exactly. So that was like maybe 2009, 2010. I was exactly 21 in 2009. and uh, 20, actually. Dude, I was, I was here. <laughs> what were you doing here? Not a lot. <laughs> I certainly wasn't having thoughtful conclusions about important matters around the world. <laughs> Tell me about your time when you when you first came. No, no, no. This isn't about me. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, like, like you started KFK in... 2010 i think so yeah okay let's go with that yeah just like because you know it was I was 2011 maybe yeah because this guy from the other day came to our club and he uh from um global um what is it called Glo- global daily or something oh the G- global times global times and he said he's covering our open mic and i said cool but then i went on global times and i looked up well that was a long time ago yeah he did that rep- like not him but they did a report on your open mic and uh, what is it called behaves or whatever the bitties bitties in 2011 and it's really funny because they quoted one of schaefer's jokes that he's doing until now is it, did they really? <laughs> yeah. What was it, the Taobao joke? The Taobao joke. That's and I was, hilarious. And I just cracked up in the office. We were like, look at the fuck. <laughs> because at, at the time, he had a, yeah, yeah. Exactly, he had a girlfriend. And apparently, he brought her on stage. I don't know why he did that. Like, at mm, the time. Maybe because really? you're all just starting. And apparently, Audrey had, like, uh, prison, like uh, PowerPoint presentations or something. That wasn't his girlfriend. Oh, that wasn't his girlfriend. No, Whoops. Somebody else's. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and he, he just used her for the joke like this is my girlfriend no 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 no. she was on the stage playing piano for audrey's oh yeah yeah okay yeah yeah, yeah. what was audrey doing i don't like i saw audrey when she was like doing really well just doing like proper stand-up what was she doing with the oh dude she was killing back then that Did was it? It went, yeah it was really good um but but let's go back to this because okay. we're getting really sidetracked here. yeah so you're in you, mubarak is 
this immovable force and then something changed right yeah something what happened changed. tunisia went down tunisia went like, down yeah like, hang on a minute yeah that's possible because they're going to the, the, and so tunisia that's was what not, changed yeah yeah that well that's what triggered it like that's what gave people hope let's say what really triggered it was something really kind of trivial in a way and not not like not really a big thing like I mean, it's huge and it's sad, but at the same time, people didn't think about it that much and not a lot of people knew about it. But then it's the power of social media that really put it all together. So there was this guy called Khaled Saeed in Alexandria and he was killed by police brutality 2000, I think 2010 or 2009. And then he was just like, he was dragged out of a, like an internet cafe, beaten, beaten to death pretty much. And he was just left there. And then they said after this, of course, they said, oh, he had drugs or whatever. He swallowed a bag of like a small plastic bag of weed or whatever. And that's and then the official autopsy reports showed that. And people were furious because everyone knew what happened to this guy. And that was like happened and people were kind of angry at this time. And then there is a guy who created a Facebook page because 25th of January, which is the start of trouble, is the guy, the guy, uh, there is a guy who created a Facebook page. So 25th of January is the police day, the like the police celebration day, like memorial. I don't know what what they call it. Like, you know, like there is an army day, there's whatever day, there's police day. Just you celebrate the policemen. Before 2011, people used to actually say happy anniversary to the police people. I don't know what's anniversary wow. or whatever. Like it was like a... How like do you say that in Arabic? Which we use for everything. Like That's birthday or Ramadan or... You're like, you happy have a birthday, <laughs> cop, cop day, military yeah, yeah, day. Happy, exactly. So, 25th. Of, so the guys created a Facebook page and it, it attracted hundreds of thousands of people. He said, "25th of January it is the police day, and we're gonna show them, not like in like aggressive, you know, way or whatever, but we're gonna like uh, celebrate them in our way." After, and he called it, "Kulina Khalid Said." We are all Khalid Said. We're all that guy who died. Oh, that's his name. That's his name, Khalid Said. Yeah, I'm having trouble remembering the Arabic word. Yeah, sorry. yeah, well, I know. We always sound like we're spitting and yelling at each yeah. other the whole time, but now some, I just of, some of us are nice. Now I just assume you're talking. Actually, <laughs> there's a few guys in Shanghai who seem to be able to speak Arabic fluently. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, she's 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 doing a good job. She's not tickling at all, even though my feet are like really tickling. They're really ticklish. Dude, I can't have people touching my feet. These guys are pros. Oh, yeah, they're, they're, she's really good. Yeah, so. Yeah, so that's that was the start of it. People went hit the streets. Twenty. Was there a, like a sense that it was violent, or is there a sense that they were actively non-violent? No, in the beginning it was like non-violent. It was it was actually pretty agreed on that violence would be kind of uh, unnecessary, and at the same time. It will like defeat the cause, you know. You just want to go there, do a peaceful protest, and attract as many people as you can and get attention. But um, from 25th to 28th, that was the case. And then 28th, the police kind of lost it. They just started like killing people, shooting at people, and like you know, it went crazy because also the numbers kind of went out of control. Like people started hitting the streets, and there the were like literally more than a million people at the same time. My God, what's the square. population? What? What's the population? Of the whole country? Of Cairo? Cairo is around 20... Uh, we have something called Greater Cairo, which is Cairo, uh, Giza, and another governorate. And the three of them together are around 25 to 30 million people. So you're talking about a serious percentage of the population. Yes, exactly. Uh, and so, yeah, after the 28th, p 
police just kind of lost it. And this is when people are like, okay, yeah, there is, there is shit going down. So when did you start caring? I, I started care. I went on the 25th. So uh, you went from like the gun. I, I was, yeah, I was there from the beginning. And, um, and why did you care? You, you, you felt like a sense of injustice. Yeah, exactly. I felt a sense of injustice and I just want to be part of it. And I didn't know it's going to like make history. I just want to, it just felt right. And I didn't really like, were you upset or was it, was it like, were you like, I have to do this? Or were you just like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to do it. Yeah, it was, it was, I, I can't lie. Like I'm, I wasn't uh, like, I, I can't pretend like, yes, this is my cause. It wasn't like this in the beginning. You just felt like it was something that you should go to. Exactly. Yeah. I just want to be part of it. And I knew it was not going to be a big deal because you of knew. how strong they are. I had uh, the sense of hopelessness was still there, even though I knew Tunisia. I mean, I'm talking about a personal level. Maybe other people are like, okay, we're going to do it like Tunisia. Did but you feel that, was there any sense that it might go badly? I mean, if I was in a country, you know, let's just say a random and unnamed country, <laughs> and this kind of thing was really, really banned. Yeah. I, I mean, I would be concerned about being being a face there. I, I, I can't deny that the thought crossed my mind, but at the same time, when I hit the streets and I saw like hundreds of thousands of people, I felt safe. That's what made you safe? Yeah, that's what made me safe. There are other people, no one is like, no one, it seemed like no one had bad intentions or whatever. And even that at the time, the police didn't really care that much. Because actually, Mubarak has a famous quote. It's in Arabic. He said once, long time ago, someone was telling him something. I don't even remember what was the whole situation or what was the conversation about. But someone quoted him saying, which means like, let them play. That long time ago. So that's how they, that's how they handled most of the situations like this. That came back to bite him in the ass. Exactly. <laughs> He's like, now he's like, well, <laughs> well, maybe I shouldn't have let them play. <laughs> maybe my famous quote should have been, don't let them play. <laughs> well, actually, um, so now we, since then we had three presidents. Like there was an interim president. No one cares about this guy. So there is like Mubarak. Who's that, Morsi? No, no, no. Morsi is like the... No, the that's Muslim. the guy now, Sisi or whatever. Yeah, now it's Sisi. Before that was Morsi and before that was Mubarak. Oh, the, yeah, yeah, I got them all. Yeah, yeah, you got them all, but Come there was, on, there I, was I another, read, like, really I read, old... I read Facebook posts. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, that's, like, news now. I read Facebook. I'm smart. Yeah, right. <laughs> I like things. <laughs> yeah, so... um, well, like, Yeah, so people code the three of them, Mubarak, Morsi, and Sisi. And so Mubarak says, Khalium Yitzhala, which means let them play. Um, and Morsi, because Morsi used to ignore people's, um, like... Uh, people's demands or people's like comments or whatever. So Morsi, and it's also rhymes in Arabic. Morsi says, which means let them like, like get paralyzed as in like, you just like ignore someone until they go like into right. limbo or something. Right. Yeah. But it's also, and then Cici, this is hilarious in Arabic. It's so funny. <laughs> it really is hilarious in Arabic because Sisi, people quote him because now Sisi is just like killing everyone who is like against him, just like putting them in jail or whatever. Still, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And what power does he have now? Well, I don't know if I want to <laughs> do that. And like, I want to go back to my country at some point. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's fine. I'm joking. Actually, I, I don't give a fuck. So, yeah. Like, see, uh, so Mubarak says, <laughs> which means let them play. Morsi says, <laughs> let them get go in limbo. And then someone quoted, it's like one of those Facebook memes. And then CC says, why let them do anything? Yeah. <laughs> so in Arabic it says, <laughs> It's like, why, why would you let them do anything? 
My Which God. is like a reference is like, I just take them, like, you know, put them away or something. And so what was that feeling like when you were, when you realized that it had become something much bigger? It was, it was crazy. It was really crazy because I remember the day very well. I, so I went there every day from 25th to 28th and 28th is like when shit really went that bad. And I was in Tahrir Square at this time and I inhaled too much yeah, tear gas. So I was feeling really sick. So I just walked home. By the way, like at the time, all the infrastructure as in like public transportation, everything was like stopped and it was kind of crazy. So I Were walked, people going to work? Um, yeah, I think some people did. I mean, I did because I was working for a private company and they tra- provided like transportation, like shuttle buses. And not to Tahrir Square, but like to yeah. home or like somewhere close. And I just get off and walk. I remember this day very well because I went home, walked for a really long time from Tahrir Square to my, my place and in Giza, which is like more than an hour walk. And then I get there, I'm really tired, turn on the TV, and I see a battle exactly where I was an hour ago. And Like it's, shit's gone down it's, it's since you left. Yeah. And you're like, you're... Uh, yeah, when I left, I told you, there was just tear gas, which is like nothing. It's just like... Tear gas is like nothing. Yeah, it's nothing. There's just, send, send, you know, it's, it's kind of let them play. You know, they're just messing together. Like, there was no, like, bird shots. There was no live ammo. There was nothing like this. I turned on the TV, and there is shit like this. People making Molotov cocktails, throwing them, cars burning and shit. I'm like, holy fuck. This is like, I was there, you know? And this is when I knew this is not going to end well. Well, it did, but I like at the time like there is there will be an outcome of this that is like You knew it would become something else. Exactly. It will become something else. It's not going to be like let them play and then that's it. So, yeah, that's it. And w- did you continue to go out there after that or that was it for you? No, I did con- I went after this a couple of times. I was to be honest, like part of it is that I was afraid, obviously. How what wha- I mean how scared were you? Were you lying in awake in bed at night or like what was your dominant emotion? Well, I was, it must have been conflicting emotions. See, this is actually this is actually pretty interesting because originally my original plan was that okay, I'm going to stay home to obviously for my life. And you were I'm, like if I go out I could die. Of course, people were dying. We can see the numbers. People are just turned to numbers on TV. People are like, oh yeah, 200 people died today. Do you know anyone? I knew a couple of people, yeah. Like, not not exactly like close friends, but I knew people who died there, yeah. And then what does that feel like? It's uh, it's strange because the, the first uh, thought that you get when, when something like this happens, like, this could have been me. And then you start reflecting on your own life like if this had been me and i felt like it would be kind of selfish if i d- if that happens to me because my mom would be devastated i don't want to do that to her so to p- p- put yourself in a position of risk yeah i th- that's the first thing i thought of when that happened like when i when i saw a name that i know i put myself i'm like oh this could have easily been me and then the first thing popped in my mind was my mom i'm like she can't take she won't take it like she won't accept anything she would be devastated. And I felt that's kind of selfish. It's like, if this is my cause against this, no, I will choose this, you know? Were you angry? That's the thing. So I was g- telling you, like, my original plan after I knew, like, this is not going to end well, is that I'm going to stay at home, follow it on TV and on social media. They did something really stupid. They, 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 as in, like, the government and the system. 
because they realize the power of social media, so they cut it off. They cut down all the communication of the in- the whole internet and the whole country went down. And then I was like, fuck, I can't know what is going on. I have to go back to the street because I want to know what's going on. So, so what the, even the TV is not working. The TV was Al Jazeera, which is, uh, you know, very controversial when it comes to their coverage. That's weird because Al Jazeera, in my understanding it, from like a Western point of view, is mm. pretty decent coverage compared to everything else, right? They do very decent coverage when it comes to events that they don't exactly have uh, interest in, as in like they don't have an agenda behind it. So they, they, had, they did an amazing coverage. I don't know if you've seen that or not. Al Jazeera English, they did an amazing coverage of called Red Tribes of, of Beijing. And they covered, you know, all those migrant workers who live underground in Beijing and like shitty conditions. Okay, let's not get too far into that. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's actually, it's, it's out there. I mean, it's, it's not exactly against anything. It's just covering like the, the poor, like the conditions of migrant workers. It's like, it's not exactly political even. It's really, really good. It's amazing. S- Especially that it's Al Jazeera, which is a Qatari... But in Cairo, they weren't doing that. In the Middle East, in general, they wouldn't do that. In the Middle East, they don't yeah. do that. And that's the fucked up part, because a lot of people, the Western people, Al Jazeera caters news to the rest of the world from the Middle East. So if you are working for whatever uh, news outlet in the West and you want a reliable source, you always go to Al Jazeera. So you'll get whatever they cater to you. And you, wouldn't, you don't have other sources anyway. So you went back into the street. Because... I don't trust Al Jazeera. I don't trust, obviously, that I can tell you like hours of hilarious stories from like the national TV, how it was like focused. So people, of course, because people can't just ignore like national TV can't just ignore this. But at the same time, they're pro the government. So, so they they have like a they have like a camera on Tahrir Square and they write like Tahrir Square, but they have the camera on the Nile, just like the calm Nile. It's like that's Tahrir Square. And you can hear it because there is a microphone. You can hear gunshots in the, in the background of the TV. But at the same time, you can just see the Nile flowing nicely. Oh, my God. It's fucking hilarious. So, it of course, it's you have this. You have Al Jazeera. Normally, I would depend on social media, but it's cut off. So, their strategy of cutting off social media, thinking that it will break the communication between us, it backfired because everyone went to the street to know what is going on. Also, do you know why that's stupid? Do you know how much free time you give young people <laughs> if you take Facebook away from them? Yep. Everyone's like, shit, I have eight hours free a day now that I... I now, now that I stopped playing Candy Crush for five hours. Dude, I'm like, I'm, like I got, I got, I'm off Instagram. I gotta go, I gotta go do something. I gotta find a hobby. <laughs> yeah, I gotta throw some Molotov cocktails. So. so, So you go out there and were you trying to stay on the edge of things? No, actually, when I went out there, I'm like, fuck it. The, the, I did this a couple of times. I was really deep into the thing. And, and I was like, I wouldn't say front lines because there were like other heroes there. But I was like pretty involved. Because so you went, from, in you went from, I don't want my mom to have to deal with this to like, man, I'm, I'm going down. Yeah, when you are there, you can't just be one of those spectators and on the side. Not that people will call you a pussy or anything. It's just like you feel like, no, it's it's... It's unfair. Like you have a sense of injustice. Yeah, yeah. When you are there, you get that, and I can't even describe it. It's just like it happens when you're there. It's it's weird. And and you're mad or what? what you're, you yeah, you get really angry. You're mad. You feel like this is the one chance that, like I was telling you, like before this all happened, like I was kind of ignorant and isn't like I don't know what's going on in the country. But it seems like 
I wasn't ignorant. It was just like building up without even me knowing. Your I was, frustration. I was frustrating. Exactly. I was frustrated the whole time. And I was just all coming out. Like, okay, this is the one chance. I can do that now. Whatever the outcome is, I will just express myself. Which is something else that is like... The whole freedom of ex- expression thing in Egypt is like... Obviously, most of the Middle East, there is none. Like, pretty much none. Don't exist. So... And it's also... It's also a cultural thing because people in Egypt, and most like people in China as well, parents especially, they want their children to be all the same. Like, like everyone's like, I want to. In Egypt, it's like if you don't grow up to be a doctor or like a judge or whatever, and then you're a loser. That's it. You know? So there is no, I wanted to be something else. I wanted to be a comedian. And I, I didn't share this dream with anyone ever, including my friends. No one would understand me. Even then, you wanted to be a comedian. Yeah. That's great. And what... So, something else happened, though. Because cause you went out there like, this is where I need to be. And then you yeah. were like, i got to get out of here. Yeah. See, between that, a lot of change in my life and in my family. And there are a couple of things. The between... So, that was Feb- January 2011. So, it's the start of trouble. Coat. And until I left February 2012. So for a whole year. So 13 months. 13 months. There is a lot that changed. Um, I was involved most of the time in the streets. Uh, so after Mubarak left, there was the military council who are ironically back in power now. So at the time, we're fighting against them because they're worse than Mubarak. So we found out that they're protecting Mubarak in a way. Like the only way they c- got to protect him is to kick him out. You know? So they can stay in power. So w- I was involved pretty much for the whole year. But then a couple of things happened m- in my personal life and then my family. And then there was also a sense of frustration. I can't deny that. I'm like, ah, this is hopeless. Yeah, like I admit it to myself as well. It's like part of the reason I left is that I kind of I kind of gave up on, on this, you know. I, I, I know people, as as I mentioned earlier, I know people who died. I know people who during that time not just during the revolution i know people my foreign friends i know a couple of them who got deported because they're just there at the wrong place at the wrong time it's just like they lost their studies they lost their jobs they just left and it was so unfair i'm like ah i don't know like like if that happens to me when i'm that young first of all if you get like uh, i think that's everywhere in the world if you go to jail or whatever if you have a record you're fucked you're in a lot of trouble for the rest of your life as you well. You can't travel. Yeah. You it's going to be hard to get, get a, a job. job. Exactly. All of this stuff. So I'm like, well, I'm going to take a break for a year and see how that goes. I came here and I loved it. So I just stayed. And looking back, do you still feel like it's hopeless? Now, yes. Now, it's it's really bad. There is no... Like, the security is, is pretty good. I have to give them that. But at the same time, politically speaking... The frustration of people. I talked to obviously a lot of my friends who are in my age, and back then when I left, I was like, "Yeah, China. What the fuck are you going to do in China? Just go wherever, or just stay here. Like not get shot." Yeah, no, I didn't even say all of that. I'm like, hey, you know, it's an ex- it's a new place. I wouldn't even say exciting. I just didn't know anything, and I'm like, oh, it's a new place. I'll just go take a break for a year. I'll just travel in Asia, whatever. Now I can show you messages on my on my Facebook people telling me you were right. Can you please get us out of here? Which is sad. I don't even feel like yes, I was right. No, I feel really sad. It's it's bad like, you know. 
because I went kind of by chance, I just taking my chances. Those people are stuck there now. I, I don't know if you heard about like all those like boats, like the the illegal uh, migrants who just like travel from like the Mediterranean, Libya or Egypt or. Alexandria. I mean, yeah, it's a big problem now. Yeah, exactly. So some of these are guys are Egyptian, you know, and they just die in the Mediterranean because they're trying to get the fuck out of the country. So what do you hope will happen? I hope for a miracle, which is not going to happen. Like, Because you have two brothers and you're all out of there. Yeah, we're all out of there. Exactly. So, yeah, you met one of them too. And he's traveling all over the world. And the other one will go back soon, actually, but just to finish his studies. And then he's planning to leave as well. He's like Japanified. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's, he's I there. want to meet that brother. I love I love your oldest brother. Yeah, yeah. We, I'll probably go meet him in August or something. You can come. We can do shows there. That would be cool. That would be great. Yeah. So, yeah, as I said, like, people are just really frustrated. The young people just, most of them are either hopeless or just pretending to be happy, which I know because I grew up with these people and I know how they think. And it doesn't, it doesn't take a smart ass to look at their posts or the pictures like, yeah, they're pretending, you know. This massage is great. It's really good. Yeah. I'm okay, like, see, I'm like on the one hand, I'm like hearing this tragic story. Yeah. And it's like weighing my heart down. Yeah. And on the other hand, I'm like, man, my feet feel amazing. <laughs> <laughs> see, this is one of the things like I, I was telling you, like I came here for I, my original plan was for a year, but then I never really lived abroad. I traveled a couple of times before coming to China, like just for holiday. And th- this was my first time living abroad somewhere. And I, there are those freedoms, you know? I'm not talking even about, like, going crazy. Like, I don't really do much anyway, you know? It's just that... Being able to have a scooter. Yeah, yeah, stuff like this. Like, like at home, you just... it's You're very limited to things. Like, you can't, you can't bring a friend who's a girl home. Just a friend, like, who's f- 10 years older than you or whatever. To, to your family house or to no, your apartment? My, like, even, even if it's your family... Your fa- if your family's okay... The neighbors or the doorman will not be okay. But what about if it's just your one-bedroom apartment? Oh, that's that's like impossible. Really? The, the, the doorman would literally call the police on you. And what are they going to do? They're like, hey. Hey. Oh, hey. Who, who is this? Who? What is your relationship to her? I mean, I have to say, in, in their defense, that's kind of very progressive in the sense that they treat uh, heterosexuals the same way they treat homosexuals. <laughs> 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 Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, we're like adva- already like, like ahead hey of guy, <laughs> we don't support men <laughs> being attracted to women. That's <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> yeah, we're ahead of everyone. This is where you will be like in the next 50 years. Oh, I got that to look forward to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been in Australia. You're getting there. Oh, they, they'll let you do anything there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's uh, yeah. See, like there's all these freedoms, as I said, like you just can't do anything. People are always it's like everyone is spying on each other in a way even though they're really not, but it's just like deep into the culture that everyone is suspicious, the suspicious to what is going on, especially with the whole to come, the, like the whole men, women thing. And it got me frustrated because like, you know, I'm young, I have friends, I have girlfriends, whatever. Like it's, it's hard. What was the scariest thing? Like, can you tell me like a story or, or a moment uh, during that whole experience? When, we, when was, what was the scariest part for you? Well, actually, one of the scariest parts, it's kind of funny in a way. It's like dark funny, but I'll tell you anyway, because so, so I was I was on the subway once and I had like long hair like this now. 
and it was tied up as well like tied like uh, like this and I was on subway at like 7 a.m. and I was wearing shorts and f- for for people in Egypt that's not a normal look for like like a like a normal Egyptian guy like as I told you earlier people should look the same and even my dad who's a police officer he hated my hair he's always telling me cut your hair people will think you're gay people will think you are you know you're a sissy and pe- it was really annoying you're like I don't care if they think I'm gay I can't have a woman home <laughs> yeah exactly what's the what's the negative consequence here yeah nothing they'll just confirm what they already think yeah whatever yeah. hey that guy looks like he doesn't sleep with women <laughs> that's totally true you're like I don't <laughs> yeah so I was in the subway. It was like seven or eight a.m. I was going to my French course, and um, I was drinking. I was drinking um, one of those like a power drink, not really a power drink. It's like a fizzy, uh, like the vitamin drinks that you see them, and they're like colored, right? Yeah, yeah. I was drinking. It was blue. It was a a blue bo- blue liquid in the bottle. So I was standing on the subway listening to music, and then I was drinking this drink. And the guy behind me, he was like, "Hey, what is this? What are you drinking? I don't know this guy, obviously." And and for some reason, I'm like, come on, it's 8 a.m. I didn't say anything. I just ignored him because I, I can hear him over my music. And then the person next to him, he's like, oh, don't talk to him. He's a foreigner. He obviously looks like a foreigner because of my hair and the shorts, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, and I, I just like, just like lowered the volume. I just want to hear. But at the same time, because I have the earphones, they think I can't hear them. So just having this conversation, he's a foreigner. So what the other guy, what is he drinking? I don't know. Alcohol. <laughs> yeah, of course the foreigners can drink alcohol on the subway while I got fined 10 pounds for smoking cigarette. This is bullshit. And the whole car all of a sudden is like, la, 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 la. It's like a whole conversation of 50 people yelling and screaming at me. At this foreigner. At this foreigner, exactly. So I'm like, I'm, I, I wouldn't really want to laugh because it's funny. But at the same time, if I laugh, they will know that I understand I am fucked. So I'm like, what the fuck? And then there is like a whole a woman in the whole other side. Those foreigners are behind the this this hard times. They are the ones who started it. They come to our country and they talk to the young people. They brainwash them. Let's kick him out. You're joking. I swear to God, I almost died this day. The subway opens and I run out because I was standing calm and they, they knew I understood when I just started running and a few people r- chased me and I just ran out and I just got in another car which happens to be the women's car because we have two cars and every... Oh, the men and the women can't be in the same car? No, there are two... All cars are mixed except the f- two of them that are only women. If you want, if you're a woman who doesn't want to be mixed with men, you can go into these cars. That sounds like a great car. Yeah, so I, I hop in there, women start yelling at me and I just like got my... But like, you know, they know I look like a foreigner. So they started yelling at me and a girl told me in English, this is like women's car. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm a foreigner. I don't know that. <laughs> this is amazing. Yeah. And she was like, okay, just get off the next one and change cars. I'm like, okay. Because in the in our metro, there is no, you can't, not like here, the doors, there are no d- doors between cars. Like if you're in one car, you can't switch until you get off the, the, the platform. So she's like, okay, welcome to Egypt. And I'm like, thank you. And that was the end of the conversation. So it was like from from one like near-death experience in one car to like women who are being really nice and very welcoming to this foreigner who they know went into their car by accident. But they would kick the shit out like of an Egyptian man who actually walks into their car even if it's by accident. Mm-hmm.